0: Hey, everyone. We're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is episode 119 or so Bruce Perky tells me because I'm looking at my Google Doc. It is, thank you, Bruce Perky. It is Find Your Film episode 119. We're covering a whole bunch of films. I'm on video. Bruce is on video. It's hard to actually communicate with Eric because I think we're doing it in old school. What is it? Uh, William Cody Pony Expressway. There's a I don't see you. I don't see you, Eric Holmes. It says mad camera, there is a logo of Find Your Film. Are you okay, Eric? Are you are you being are, are you hiding your face? Are you are you a man without a face this week?
1: Yes, I'm having issues with my camera on my laptop. It doesn't seem to recognize that there's anything there, and I'm quite angry about it because I'm having a fantastic hair day, and no
0: one's going to be able to see it. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what's what's even sadder because this week is actually sort of an Eric Holmes week, and he's actually covering a couple of movies that he's really passionate about. So I, you will pretend. Actually, we we'll pretend. I'll I'll pretend to be Eric Combs this week for the video, and I'll pretend I love certain movies like After Blue and Mad God. That'd be really interesting. Those are the two two movies we're actually covering this week. Eric Combs, going to you. What what have you been doing last week? You you did something with our buddy over at Middle Class Film Class regarding gaming and tabletop stuff.
1: Yeah, we started, we got a couple of people together to play some games on the tabletop simulator. We played the chameleon. Most of it was getting uh, set up and then we played it and then the computer crashed and <laughs> everyone was like, I guess, yeah, we're good, <laughs> but we're, we'll are we we'll try it again. It was pretty fun. Kind of similar to uh, not unlike the film vault there, uh, uh watch along with the green inferno rife with technical difficulties but there's a sliver of fun and next time that sliver will be a thick steak of fun
0: the film vault is actually thrice removed the film vault is co-hosted by anderson cowan and brian bishop anderson in a weird way is my co-host over at cinematics Bruce and Eric actually fill in for the first week of every month. Thank you guys for that, for cinematics. What's interesting regarding the film vault is they've been doing their, their, I guess, sort of through Anderson's universe, We've there's been a lot of sprout-offs. There's been the Cinematics Podcast with me and Anderson, and now Find Your Film with me, Eric and Bruce. Eric, are you happy now? The the people over at the Film Vault, they they just recently on this week on their episode, they reviewed one of our darling movies. Are you glad that they actually loved Dinner in America?
1: I, I'm just glad I don't have to pretend I understand it anymore that I didn't like it for fear of overselling it. But uh, yeah, it, it's a fantastic movie. It seems that uh, at least what I'm seeing is the people that have seen it really dig it. So That's a good sign. I hope it does
0: well. Yeah. And shout out to Anderson Town. He's a good friend of all of us. He had some really nice things to say. Do you remember what he said about our podcast, Bruce, to Brian Bishop? (laughs) Do you remember specifically?
2: (laughs) He said said that we were, well, he he complimented us, but then he said we weren't as funny as they were.
0: No. No, I just, I, this is fresh in my, it is scarred in my memory. Just like one of the kids from stand by me, looking at a, a dead body and getting bullied by Kiefer Sutherland. He said something like, Oh, I was listening to find your film on the way to the film vault, And I learned a lot from these guys. They're not as fun as us though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> what he's talking about. I'm freaking hilarious. Everyone yeah, knows so
0: it. maybe that's why people have not seen <laughs> dinner in America as of yet, because we're not, as fun or funny what eric holmes what do you think about that are we just serious academic cinephiles is that why people haven't seen don't don't go by our recommendations i'm I, i'm a little bit pissed that they haven't we, we should be aren't we leaders in, in galvanizers on, on cinema or are we not fun what
1: anyone that says i'm not funny check this out would the big pickle say t- the slice pickle what no big deal no big deal i See, the, the jokes. that's comedy yeah. gold right there love love the dill jokes gonna get
0: on find your <laughs> bruce as far as this week goes before we get into it, anything as far as our intros that i'm forgetting find your film for our merch if you want to get shower curtains if you want to get shopping carts if you want to get uh, shirts and and uh, mugs anything else i'm forgetting regarding uh, promotions or whatnot
2: uh, no, I think you've got it all. Except I do have an addition to add to that, and that is I've been given an ultimatum by my wife, and that is: oh no. if, if a finder film shower curtain comes into my house, then I am divorced. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so I've already planned on whether Let's I'm going to be able to make it. Remove that from the branch. Uh, <laughs> And I said, I said, well, what if I don't buy it? What if someone else buys it and sends it to me? She said, it doesn't matter. So I'm either going to be wearing it as a poncho or using it as a tent. I'm just planning ahead on this, how I'm going to utilize it. So <laughs>
0: Make
2: a great Eric, are you, are you on the horn right now? Actually, may you,
0: you can, you have permission for me and Bruce to actually leave the podcast and take the shower curtain, out, find your film podcast.com just to save a marriage. Eric actually,
1: I, actually, I don't think we have uh shower curtain on there yet. Cause okay. you have to like, It's one of those. It doesn't have the automatic thing. So you got to like submit the thing and then they make it send you proof. And it's a whole thing. But now that I know that Bruce will get divorced if he gets one, because I will send him one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> might, might, might be best for all involved
2: but I, I know i shouldn't have said anything i've given you guys power over my whole and <laughs> happiness and future now so. bruce is
0: bruce is sandy and is the love of his life it, it hinges on a shower curtain from the fyf crew now speaking of which speaking of merch before we get into our three films our three featured films as far as this week for the week ending june tenth, two 2022 Eric Holmes, you've been helping Peter Beta, our buddy Peter Beta, who drops the beat every week on Find Your Film, but he is the chairman of the board over at Middle Class Film Class. Can you tell a little bit about what you've been helping Pete do the last couple of days? I don't remember. You don't remember? Didn't you help him set up the merch page, Eric Holmes? Oh no, no, he did that himself. Oh, he did that himself. Oh, yeah, okay. I, th-
1: I, th- I thought you were talking about the tabletop simulator, but it's like I'm pretty sure we already went over
0: that. Well, he event. was he was crediting. I guess he. You know what? My my bad, Peter Beta. I thought I guess you know Peter Beta is the kind of guy who does everything himself, which is which is you know which is kind of good. I like I like uh, he he's pretty much a, a control freak, just like Greg Zavosty, but he set up a merch page. Yeah. at middle class film class so you can actually go check out our cinematic Facebook group to find out where where to actually go it's probably one of the accounts accounts over at Teespring. Bruce or Eric are you gonna purchase any merch from the crew over at middle yes. class film class
1: actually actually I think uh, I think what he was uh, crediting me for was uh just giving them the idea just because mm-hmm. we did it and mentioned how and in fact and you can't see this because my camera doesn't work <laughs> nor can you see my perfect hair. Or my jokes aren't as funny, but trust me, they're hilarious. But I got a nice uh, shirt by uh, Walk the Cinema. It's got a little Nosferatu on it with the Walk the Cinema logo, and uh, the I think I will be popping up on their podcast here. And uh, we recorded it a couple weeks ago, so I have no idea when they're going to put it up. But
0: oh, what did you guys talk about? You, you talked you about can Nos- be,
1: You can be sure this Friday I will be uh, going on a
0: shopping spree for the middle class film class merch. Very cool. As far as walk the cinema, what topics did you cover on that podcast?
1: Uh, They usually have someone on and they'll pick a movie and they'll just talk the living shit out of that movie. And I picked The Last Man on Earth,
0: mostly so I could talk about I Am Legend some more. Oh, wait, wait. The Last Man on Earth. Is that? Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've, I've never seen that movie. Excellent movie. Eric?
1: I thought it's all right. Mostly it was an excuse to talk about I Am Legend.
0: Okay all right yeah. Richard Matheson book that I believe you yeah. have loved for quite a bit Anyways let's go to our our featured reviews let's start up with a movie let's go from I guess maybe smallest to biggest or worst to best okay and that's that's spoiling it first but let's start with a, with a movie called Unhuman it is a zombie film about what seven youth seven seven kids seven teenagers and they are what I don't know if they're stranded or they're they're trapped in a certain area and they must fight zombies. Very simple plot line. It's something that maybe should work if it's a very, I, what do they call it? A high concept situation. So it should work if, if it's exciting enough. Bruce, yeah. Unhuman. It's on digital right now by Blumhouse Television and and Epics. Is it worth a digital purchase?
2: Unhuman is ungood. No, I, I would say no. Boy, how do, where do I start with this movie? So what is it? There a group of teens, go on a field trip. High school they're, field trip. goes yeah, back. they're... Bus breaks down, attacked by zombies, and they have to hole up in a I don't know abandoned warehouse or something. And oh, oof! I had a, I had a tough time with this movie. I mean, maybe you guys got a little more fun out of it than I did, but I didn't see it right right out of the gate. It was um, oh, I, I didn't really like much of anything about this movie. So the the, the The script itself was pretty basic, pretty straightforward. Uh, It does try to do a little twist towards the end, which I appreciated at least the attempt of it. But it was a twist that's been done better in another really famous movie, which I won't mention. Just so if someone does want to watch this, they can get the twist. But this is also one of those movies where I didn't like the, the shooting style. Um, it kind it of has, this, the, oh. well, it has this thing where, um, even when just any time a character is talking, the camera is moving, it's like, it's going to, it's going to drift and move around them. And it, even when it's very unnecessary, it just seemed like it was trying to do anything it could to make it seem interesting when it really was very, very, very basic and, um, didn't like the shooting style, didn't like the editing style, didn't really care for the acting much. I guess the main actors were good enough. The, I, I, the shooting probably style? Gonna be,
0: too frenetic? Was it just too jump cutty? Was it one of those too
2: flashy, it, annoying? It just r- really, seemed like a TV movie to me. This did not seem like a cinematic experience. It seemed like they were trying to 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 pump it up a little bit with all the movement and color, but it didn't. And oh, they even try to do things like split screens and do lots of weird little tricky things, but it all seemed very gimmicky as opposed to actually adding to the story. And, you know, we can go for split screen, you know, De Palma and all that. I mean, we we can love those kind of things if they're used in a really fun way, but it didn't ever seem fun to me. So, yeah, it's a big no on this movie for me. I did not get a lot of fun out of it. I don't know. Maybe Eric finds a little more to get out of it. I didn't find much. I, but I will. I'll give... I'll give a bonus just because with this, I'm not going to say this much here, I would suggest to this. So I would suggest an alternative that kind of treads similar ground. And that's a movie called Little Monsters, Hmm. which was also a field trip, a ton more fun and an Australian production. And it has kids going on a field trip. And while they're on the field trip, a zombie outbreak occurs and they don't know it at first. And that one's tons more fun. This movie is
0: directed and co-written by Marcus Dunstan. It, what about the kills? What about the action? On
2: a very base level, no. Is that a no for you? It's it's a no, no. This is like just a step up from like the High School Musical kind of shows, but it's trying to be more than that. I think, and it's it's not. Was it funny? Is it dark? Is it anything?
0: This is yeah. a big, big nothing burger for you.
2: This is a big nothing burger. I, I I would give it a nothing rating if it weren't for, I mean, the actors themselves are likable enough and there's probably at least some one actor in there that'll end up breaking out at some point and becoming somebody we know. So I have no hard feelings towards the actors themselves, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you have hard feelings about the minutes you lost watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> at least it wasn't too long. It was about 90 minutes, I think. So that's, that's something at least. Eric Holmes, do you
0: have the same kind of bitter feelings that Bruce Burke has regarding Unhuman? No, but I had to be fair to this movie because I just finished a double
1: feature of After Blue and Mad God. And then the next day I put this on and I was like on a high. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I had to, I had to turn it off and come back to it. And when I did, I, I think uh, that was probably the way to go because i did like it a little more i think this is written and directed by the people that uh wrote feast and i believe they wrote and directed the collector i like feast a lot i didn't see sloppy seconds or the or the third one i didn't see any of the collector even after giving it some time and you know getting my head straight and going back into it i had enough fun with it i feel really bad for this movie because it came at the worst it came to us at the worst possible time because we just saw two straight bangers (laughs) just before going into this one so like uh Imagine having like a wonderful steak and then you get a really good hot dog after that it's like the hot dog's good but you just had a really well done filet mignon or wagyu and then you go to hot dog and it just didn't quite work um and that's not the movie's fault that's it's just really bad timing but for what it was it was decent enough funny zombie movie i think the twist although very silly kind of bumped it up a little more for me because it it felt like it was just going to be one thing i was like "Eh, yeah okay we'll get through this and then the twist came in i'm like (laughs) okay i I can get with this it doesn't make any sense but you know whatever and then uh stay after the credits because there's after credit thing and i'd be good with that too it's just silly enough i think if you're just drunk enough this might be uh good for you I don't know. Maybe some people can have fun with it. Just don't watch it after a two-peat
0: of the movies we're about to talk about. Well, it seems you kind of almost like this movie. What is your rating on Unhuman, Eric?
1: This probably be a three-star movie.
0: Um, three-star movie, okay. And
1: it's ha- it's hard to say what it would have been had I just watched this like in a vacuum. But yeah, like, yeah, this is I, it's a it's a decent, it's a fun horror movie, kind of zombie movie. But yeah, it, it was just uh, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna show my hand. Uh, the uh, sh- you know shirt cannons all greased up and we're about to talk about two masterpieces and this just didn't, didn't meet that bar. And yeah, this is unfair mm. to the movie. Wow. But overall so it's nice. was really fun. And I mm. think some people dig it.
0: Okay, that's a very na- actually that's a very nice review of Unhuman. I would probably be exactly like Bruce and I would just mean it up on a movie like Unhuman. <laughs> Bruce, can I be can I say that just within the milk of human kindness that you decided to give this movie three stars? My trembling hands oh, no. is actually no, oh, no. no. What am I what am I gonna press into my Google Doc right now? What am I gonna oh, what dude. am I gonna type in?
2: Well, Eric said it was like a hot dog, right? Like This movie was like a hot dog. You like hot dogs, right? Don't you like hot dogs? Yeah, well, this is like when you go to the mini mart and you're starving and it's like two in the morning and you have that one that's been rolling on the little steel thing forever and ever and ever. And you eat it and it's like, it feels really good when you're eating it, kind of, but then you're so sick, like a few minutes later, and you shouldn't have done it. You know, you should have. No, this is like, I would have given it zero, but the twist- And the actors uh, are enough to raise it to a one.
0: One star from Bruce on Bruce, Unhuman. Yes, I, Eric.
2: I agree with you about
1: the uh, the leftover hot dog, but I think this, I think Unhuman did put a little, I think it put enough
0: mustard on it for me to oh, <laughs> kind, well, of, you know, kind of choke it, down. It's nice that Eric, <laughs> Eric did, Eric, I'm glad that Eric did pun intended relish a little bit of Unhuman. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying this dad joke is just to prove that Anderson's point that we're not a very fun or funny podcast yes. so anyways that is unhuman three stars for Eric Holmes one star for Bruce Perky and again unhuman this wait Bruce would you even call it a horror movie what is what is this like a dark comp heart dark what uh
1: like horror, a horror comedy
0: or comedy Yeah. Comedy a little bit. Eric, did you laugh? Are there are there laughing moments in this movie?
1: There's some like uh clever lines that are probably almost like, like it feels written, but you know, that's just kind of the style that we're going with. So I
2: just rolled with it. I wrote down the funniest line in the movie and I was terrible. It was like, what in the uppercase fuck was that? I was going to ask if that was the one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so if you want that memorable line, go check out Unhuman on digital as we speak. And then and then, and then, Bruce is actually shaking his head.
2: Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer. I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Uh, yeah, buddy. All, All right,
1: awesome. you're going full Danzig. That's right, I am. My my transmutation. You yeah,
2: have no power, power over me. me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, next up is a movie called After Blue. It is currently playing in select theaters, and as we're speaking as it as we're recording this podcast, it's rolling out on the week of June 10th to wider markets. I don't even know how to explain After Blue. The I guess the resident expert here would be Eric Holmes because he previously watched i believe the movie was called the wild boys from the filmmaker bertrand mandico the wild boys he was covered last week from eric holmes now this movie after blue shot in shot in 35 35 millimeter very lush dreamscape nightmarish epic gun sci-fi western what else eric what else is it oh it's
1: kind of got some dark crystal vibes to it oh Um, very good yeah the uh,
0: set design in this is freaking amazing. Okay, so um, yeah, Roxy is played by Paula Luna. Roxy is a young girl, maybe a teenager, and her mom is played is Zora, played by Alina Lowenson. We're going to talk about Alina Lowenson in in a, in a couple moments as well. It's a mother and daughter. They go on this really, I guess, uh, heroine journey just to find this person, this assassin, and this assassin's name, Bruce. What is the name of the assassin?
2: <laughs> the most popular person of the moment for some reason, Kate Bush. Why? Kate why? <laughs> Kate Bush is everywhere right now.
0: Kate Bush is the name of the assassin. And this Kate Bush appears throughout the narrative. By the way, this movie is 129 minutes. So Kate Bush pops up several times throughout the movie. And that is it. It's a mother and daughter trying to, they are forced to, to actually find and kill this assassin named Kate Bush. If they do not do this, they will come back. They will not, not be able to return to their community and um, in good graces. Okay. And again, the mother is also a hairdresser. There's a lot of plot points. They, they meet some people along the way. <laughs> a lot of things go on. A lot of things go on in this movie. After blue, let's start. We all know that the, those cannons are fired up. Let's let's do some delayed gratification right now. Let's go to Bruce Perky regarding after blue, <laughs> the color palettes are just eye popping. Did, did the visuals really overwhelm you to the point of delirium or ecstasy?
2: Uh, not not to the delirium and ecstasy that I think Eric got to, uh, but uh, it was definitely um, it was interesting and fun enough. Uh, it definitely uh, it was a little long for me. For me, it was a little bit long, and I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a hard sell because this is this is a very weird movie. But I feel like it's one of those movies we talk about. There's weird, like trying too hard to be weird, and there's genuine weird. And I feel like this is genuine weird. This is somebody who's in their own their own frequency. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, like Holy Mountain or those kind of things, or David Lynch. I, when you were thinking about a labyrinth, I actually thought a little bit about Barbarella. Yeah. I kind of got some weird Barbarella vibes out of this. It's one of those things that's almost hard to describe. It's like a glow, H.R. Puffin stuff, Western with crystals and slime everywhere. And the guns are named after fashion stuff. Isn't it like Gucci? Gucci. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's <laughs> androids. There's... Kate Bush, there's hairy women and not hairy men because the men are de- it's so weird. I don't yeah, how do you describe this movie? It's a it's a They're
0: ghosts, there are ghosts who are scantily yeah, clad
2: clad at all. Yeah, well and this is also a very horny movie <laughs> on top of all that. <laughs> it's this is a weird, weird movie. And if it hits your wavelength, it's gonna be like catnip for a cat. And I think Eric is that cat. For me, I was like part way there and i really respected it and i enjoyed a lot of it but then some of it i was like okay i don't know if i can keep doing this <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what us. part of the narrative
0: of the 129 minutes were you did you feel like you were out on the shore bruce peddling for out in the middle <laughs> of the <laughs> peddling for shore what what part I'm, of the,
2: yeah. i don't think any part per se although i felt i felt like the parts themselves went on a little too long I guess that was what it was for me. Like each of the parts themselves were interesting, but like we'd get to a place and do a thing. And then we did it every time we got to a place and did a thing. I felt like we did it a little too long for my liking. So I guess it, it kept overstaying its welcome, then doing something new that was really cool, then overstaying its welcome. So I kind of felt pushed and pulled by this movie. But I was in it enough that I would definitely recommend it. But I, I can't go shirt cannon on this one all the way.
0: Okay, before we get to Eric, I'm just going to say one one thing, Eric, maybe this will take 40 seconds, okay? Shot in 35 millimeter. It's playing in theaters. I suggest you once after you listen to Eric's review and taking Bruce's review as well, if you have a an adventurous spirit, go check out After Blue in the theaters because shot on film and what's sad about today's version of the way content is spread out via TV, streaming, movies, is everything seems really really beautiful and upscale 150 100 million dollar movies but i'm going to tell you few movies are going to look as lush and as mesmerizing as after blue and that to me is a, a criticism on, on the way movies are made today even with the glut of its content this is a singular and unique visionary epic from this director. Let's get to Eric Holmes. He can really round out what this movie means to him.
1: All right. So let's talk about this masterpiece for a second. Um <laughs> one of the great things that uh Bertram Mandico does really well in both this and uh The Wild Boys is that a lot of times you get experimental filmmakers or even the music you have uh experimental bands or musicians and what that means is that they're going to play or show you know just weird for the sake of weird and you know uh experimental music would just be a bunch of noise and let's just the whole idea is let's experiment let's see what we can do but what bertrand mandico does really well is he does the experimental filmmaking but he doesn't do it at the cost of character and story there's still a story here. There's still a narrative going forward. There's still characters that, you know, are interesting and do cool things and uh, interact with each other in fun ways. And then he throws in those weird dream sequences or those little, you know, it, he then he experiments with the form. I think he ever does it at the cost of, uh, you know, making a movie that's entertaining to watch,
0: at least in my opinion. Yeah, this thing is a masterpiece. In- and... <laughs> How does this movie compare to the wild boys for people who are not really initiated into his work? Uh, this one's in color. <laughs>
1: That's really the yeah. only difference.
0: Uh, there's uh,
1: the wild boys have a couple. Uh, the, the story of the wild boys is um, the the wild boys do a bunch of things to their teacher. Uh, basically they rape her and then they go to the, it, it, it's real similar uh, story to clockwork orange. You know, they do this horrible act and then they go to court And then they're sentenced to go with this guy and he's going to straighten them out. But instead of having their eyes peeled open, like they do in Clockwork Orange, they go to this Pleasure Island and the Pleasure Island has, you know, they have a tree with these branches coming out and they cut the tips of the branches and this uh, white fluid comes out. And then you say, Oh wait, those branches look like penises. And so they're drinking off of those. And they're like, Oh, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever tasted in my life. And one of the kids is like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I got to pee. And then he wanders off in the, in the forest. And then you find him fucking one of the bushes because the bush is like, so, you know, it's one of those movies you've seen them before. One thing that, uh, that wild boys and after blue does is it's, very both movies are very gender fluid specifically the wild boys and you can look it up if you want and i won't spoil it for you but uh after blue is also kind of gender fluid in that way you know the women are the hairy ones that always have to be shaved and you know there's a, a lot of that in b- both of Bertrand and Mandico's work that i really appreciate and yeah, I, I fucking love this. I love the Wild Boys, and I want to see everything this person ever does, ever. Let's say Bertrand Mandico comes out with the movie. Let's just say I don't like it. I guarantee it's going to be something interesting. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not going to walk away from it going, well, that was a waste of time. I might walk away from it going, what the hell was that? <laughs> but I'm not going to walk away <laughs> sure. thinking it was a waste <laughs> of time.
0: Well, let, let me just go. This will take tw- uh, 20 seconds just because in in my honor of Eric Holmes' love for Bertrand Manico and especially this movie, at, what, After Blue. As far as June 10th goes, I know there's not going to be an evergreen comment, but if you want to see something on Friday this weekend, it's playing at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. Also at the cinem- Cinema cinem- cinema, Police in Ithaca, New York, Sun Cinema in Washington, D.C., the Dreamland Cinema in Sacramento, and on the fi- the next day on Saturday January 11th, it's at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia. And finally, at the Stray Cat Film Center over at Kansas City, Missouri. Eric Holmes. Leave yep. the psychedelics at home. You will not need them. Oh, you will not need them. And as far as barrier to entry, Eric, what is your warning for people who what are the people who, who won't like this movie what you know like if, you, stable, if, if yeah.
1: you hate masterpieces you will oh, not boy. like this movie if I'm, you I'm, hate- I'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna go not for everyone because lots of movies aren't for everyone this one's crazy and it's uh very artful and it still has a story it still has great characters it, it's it it does uh it does what stories are supposed to do and it colors outside the lines a lot but i think it does it in a very confident way Where I think the filmmaker, they know what they're doing and it doesn't come off as weird for the sake of being weird. It just comes off as a art style that they're using and they're employing very well, at least in my opinion.
0: Were you surprised? I know you you probably knew that you were really going to enjoy it. Were you surprised at how much you actually loved after Blue after watching it?
1: Yeah. Well, no. I saw the trailer before I watched uh, The Wild Boys. I just thought it looked interesting. And then I saw the Wild Boys and then after watching that, I'm like, I can't wait for this thing. I cannot wait for this thing. As soon as <laughs> it came out, like pretty much as soon as the uh email screener popped up, I'm like, I could not move my mouse fast enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to ratings now. Bruce Berkey, you're rating on after blue. I think um, I know what I- you're gonna give it. Yeah.
2: What do you think I'm gonna give it?
0: I think you're gonna to give it to be honest, I think you're gonna give it a solid three point five rating.
2: You're exactly right. Three and a half. And I did want to mention really quickly, uh Wild Boys is on shutter right now. I just noticed today that it's on there. Oh. I think they just dropped it recently. So there you go. You can have a yeah, double feature. Go that go that route because I think I
1: saw it on Tubi and there was a bunch of commercials. And if you can imagine watching this with like commercial breaks, it would totally throw it like with Wild Boys, it, it, it might throw some people off. It's uh, once you get into the groove, it'll throw you out of that groove. It's, it's if you have to rent it or buy it, do that as opposed to watching it free with ads because the ads just kind of throw off the vibe altogether.
0: Bruce, I never listened to, to our Find Your Film podcast. I don't know. Are you a fan of Shutter? You're saying it's a stream on Shutter. Do you ever watch yeah, it's, movies it's,
2: on it's, it? It's I. It's okay. It's all
0: right. It's it all right. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. That's the first time I heard Bruce Perky in the last two, three years say Shudder is all right. This is one of his favorite, if not favorite streaming service. That is that being Shudder. What do you think I'm going to give it, Bruce?
2: I think you're going to give it four stars.
0: Oh, jeez, I'm so p- predictable. Yes. After Blue for me is a four out of five star film. Really love this movie. And actually, for some reason, I thought it was going to be an incoherent mess. And it, like Eric says, this movie actually tells a story really well. And it's not as weird as you think it's going to be. There are there are things where you can actually, on the rewatch, you can rewatch, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Bruce, but I know Eric disagrees because he just will rewatch the entire thing. But you can actually plop in at any part of this movie and just rewatch it for some of the visual sequences or just the feeling or emotions you'll get. It, there are there are images here in After Blue that will stay with you for quite a while, especially if you're like Bruce said, if you're into the vibe of After Blue. So, really, really enjoyed this movie surprise. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to give it three or three and a half. This is an easy four star rating for me. Eric Combs, me and Bruce don't even need to guess your rating. What what, what is it? What is it? So, so uh, Greg, what do you think? I'm going to rate this. Well, I mean, there, there's a, a couple of numbers that separated by a decimal point. I think that's what you're going to give it. You might be right. Okay. So, Eric.
1: 69 Holmes, out of five stars. 69. That's 6.
0: 6.9. 69 out of five 69 stars. 69 out of five stars. But exactly.
1: I, believe, I believe legally we can only go to 6.9. So, I will go to that. This is a 6.9 star
0: banger. Easy. 6.9 6. out of five star banger. Easy easily and eric holmes i don't know i forgot what else you gave 6.9 this year but i think this movie may make at least one of at least a top 10 for you this in 2022 can i say that easily right it's, now? Hard.
1: it's really hard to say because thinking back on all the on the uh, all the movies we've seen dude we've seen some awesome movies bruce put up uh, your top movies that you saw from your letterbox oh, and really? i'm looking okay. at the at the at those movies i'm like how do you how do you pick a top ten of it? Like pretty much all those are number one movies.
2: I don't pick top tens anymore. I just start yeah. adding movies. A movie that I think was one of my favorites in the year, I just add it to that list, and I don't care yeah. how many it ends up being. It might be twenty. It might be ten. It might be thirty. I, I could I could probably do a
1: top thirty this year, yeah. and 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 we're we're halfway through.
2: Okay, so this
0: is for you, Eric. This is a very this strong will, year.
1: Yeah, this will likely be up there. But I mean, dude, this year has kicked so much ass. It's it's hard to it's hard to say.
0: Eric, did when you were looking at Bruce's letterbox, did you can you make any sense of why Heart of Champions was at number one? Do you have any idea why you put that up there?
1: Because <laughs> uh, it's a bad movie.
0: <laughs> Anyways, heart of champions by the way it's currently streaming somewhere and i i don't i don't think any of us recommend that movie that was such a bad thing for and mean thing for me to say but still that movie actually
1: it's, i think it's, I, it's like it's like a good after school special like if, if this right. was presented as an after school special i'd be like they did pretty good for an after school special but that's you know
0: yeah heart that, of champions. That, that's
1: about the best i can give it and actually, uh of course mm-hmm. michael shannon's all, always good
0: Yes, and in, in fairness, hey, look, Eric is bring is is the voice of reason this week. When he and Bruce try to get mean, Eric tries to actually make sense of the matter. And yes, Michael Shannon is good in, in Heart of Champions. Let's talk about a movie that's pretty good too. And that's light really saying it in a very light fashion. Okay. Opening Friday, June tenth is a movie written and directed by Phil Tippett. And Eric and Bruce—they're pretty much expert. They're gonna—they're gonna talk about what Phil Tippett is all about with Star Wars and Starship Troopers and RoboCop. They'll talk about his maybe lifelong passion for stop motion animation. Stop. This is a stop motion animation film called Mad God. It's thirty years in the making. It's finally out this Friday. It's getting a lot of hype behind it, and just because of who Phil Tippett is. My first—I'm gonna throw this to you, Bruce. First off. How big of a fan are you of Phil Tippett? Did you know a lot of his work before going into this film? Or did you just appreciate him more after watching this movie, which I forgot to get, get the give the plot synopsis, but I'll just say this. There is no dialogue in this movie, just maybe grunts, and you just hear uh, people walking and getting crunched, or I don't even know if they're people, there's uh, sort of a... And I don't know if it's an assassin or mercenary. He's he he goes in his diving bell, and the first maybe ten to fifteen minutes that that bell is going down, that in the depths of civilization, and you understand why this person is going down in the depths of this hole, and because there's a whole just bunch of creatures and monsters and a lot of things happening in this movie. There's surgeries. There's just it's really a bizarre film, and I mean that in a good way. So go going back to you, Bruce. How much of a fan of uh, Phil were you? And then are you more after watching this?
2: Um, I'm a big fan of Phil Tippett and I'm a big fan of stop motion in general. Like that's, I mean, probably my earliest love of movies was around Ray Harryhausen. Like for the first, I don't know, 12 years of my life, Jason, the Argonauts was my favorite movie. Women, I hadn't seen a lot of movies, but that was the movie I would watch over and over and over again. And I loved all of those early stop motion movies. And of course I like all the stop motion work that he did. Even up to seeing the stuff he did, he tried to do for Jurassic Park, and then of course got taken over by uh, the beginning of CGI really becoming uh, the main special effects style. But um, yeah, I, I love it, I was really—I've been probably—I've been really actively trying to get a screener for this for probably about the last year. But it's been—it's still going into lots and lots of festivals. I've been aware of this project for at least the last ten years. I remember following Phil Tippett and and seeing what he had been working on for this. So I was ready for this. Um, but I didn't know much of it. I hadn't seen much of it yet. This is kind of like, like we just talked about with After Blue. If you get into the vibe, you're going to love this movie. I got into the vibe of this movie and I love the intense, constant creativity and artistic vision in this movie and it never stops and it always is inventive and it's always to me it's always amazing and more epic than i expected it to be and every time it would just turn a corner and something else really cool would happen can i tell you what the story's about maybe probably not too much other than it's kind of almost like a vision of hell and the history of humanity maybe or something i don't know but all i know is that it was one cool and amazing thing after another cool and amazing thing and really dark darker than i expected like this is this is definitely not your you know your your what uh nightmare before christmas stop motion not for kids no this is not your like i at one point i remember <laughs> i remember i was watching this i think eric was watching after blue and I was watching this, and we were having a weird off. I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh yours isn't as weird." He's like, "No way, man!" After Blue's got a gonna hold Mad God's beer, and I was like, "No way, man!" And we were like sending stuff back and forth, and I was like, "Yeah, but does After Blue have three devil women servicing a minotaur as a one second flash past?" And he's like, "Yeah, but it's got this," and <laughs> so it's <was> like, so, <laughs> so yeah, this is this is. So much a great movie, in my opinion. I I love this. And I could watch – this is one of those movies, easily, I could just drop in and watch 20 minutes of it at any point and enjoy myself.
0: And it's not just for people who are fans of stop-motion animation, Bruce?
2: Well, I don't think so. I think it's definitely for people who like really – I think really immersive and singular visions in animation of any sort, I think will like this for sure. Um, I think people who are really fans of, like, dark sci-fi will like this a lot as well. People who'd want, like, just narrative stuff, maybe not so much. But I think a lot of people will like this movie. Okay,
0: Mad God, the cannons are out. Eric Holmes, what you got?
2: All right, so, uh,
1: first of all, Phil Tippett is very talented. Uh, I believe he's, uh does mostly stop motion, visual effects, like, uh, let's see, we got... Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones, Howard the Duck, The Golden Child, The Golden Child, that sequence with the Pepsi can, awesome, Uh, Robocop, Willow Jurassic Park, Piranha, Starship Troopers, I mean, the the list goes on. But uh, as a director, the only thing I knew of him was in the early 2000s, I've been watching a bunch of directed DVD movies you know, cause I, it, that was kind of a time where like a bunch of really good ones were just kind of sneaking in there. So you, it wasn't very hard finding diamonds in the rough. And I love starship troopers as most people do. And they came out with starship troopers Two: hero of the Federation. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. And I put it on. And that movie was fucking, I'll say, I did not like that movie. When I heard that he was coming out with a new movie called mad God, I was like, Oh, the guy, that, uh. and this movie, I'm so happy to report that, uh, I don't know what problems or uh, restraints Phil Tappet had with Starship Troopers 2, but he completely redeemed himself. And then some with Mad God. This movie's fantastic. Pretty much everything I said about After Blue, I repeat it here, except this one's animated. It's really, I mean, they're both weird. They both have, you know, they both have uh, interesting characters, although these are interesting characters in a different way. Because I don't believe there's any, no, there is dialogue because yeah so this movie has uh really interesting characters but in a completely different way i was going to say that there's no dialogue but there is specifically with one cameo appearance we'll say a really great unlikely cameo appearance um and a bunch of people that are into cult cinema will probably get we can spoil that let's spoil that why don't you say should we should we yeah
0: yeah because a lot of people won't know i mean look a lot i'm sure a lot of people unlike me. I still haven't seen Repo Man, but they won't know what Alex okay. Cox looks like right now. But so Good Alex, Cox, Alex Cox is yeah. has a big, pretty uh, cool cameo. Um, yeah.
1: but, but then, like they have, uh, they have the scene with the uh, where it shows God, or uh, I guess it's supposed to represent God. Uh, maybe it's like the dictator, but it's like uh, you see the mouth moving. It's just baby noises coming out of it. Like it, it's got so many weird stuff, but like the weird stuff is. Uh, really integral to the overall themes i haven't quite pieced out what it's about i think it's i think it's like uh the main character what's the name of the main character okay. that we follow around like this spelunker or something or
0: yeah, yeah. i guess he, so, he sounds like a spelunker because he's he's that diving bell just in there but just basically just to go all just, the way down
1: it's basically just him descending into hell is what yeah. it is and it's just the more and more fucking weirdness the animation in this thing is next level. I'm not a stop motion expert, but there's some stuff in here that happened where I'm like, how the-? you almost forget it's a stop motion at times. You don't really, cause it's so weird looking, but like the, the way they do the camera and then the way they use a lot of stuff in the foreground to give it depth and like all the, all the, yeah, th- this thing is something to behold. Even like you could watch this as a uh, allegory on humanity um you could watch this as uh hey i just want to see a bunch of uh bloody shit and weird shit happen or you can say uh you know what you're at a bar and this is just playing on one of the tvs in the background so when someone goes they get a to get drink the look up and go wait what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah this thing is a. I i said we saw a couple of masterpieces this is the other one this movie's fucking fantastic and i'm so happy and excited for phil Tippett that he just knocked this one out of the park because i hated starship troopers so much i just i'm i'm happy this is like one of those things going in like this is not going to be good and i was proven so
0: fucking wrong i'm eating my hat right now you can't oh. see because
1: my camera doesn't
0: work but i'm totally eating my hat all right so that is mad god it opens in in select theaters in new york and actually in new york and la june 10th Actually, more importantly, though, we're going back to Shutter, Bruce's favorite streaming service. I'm putting words in your mouth. Is that almost accurate, Bruce? It's, it's your favorite streaming service, or right up there?
2: I'd say it's the most most consistently interesting and and good. Yeah, for sure. For the amount of stuff they're putting out, their quality is higher, I think, than most of the other streaming services.
0: And so, yes, this movie Mad God makes its streaming debut June 16th on Shutter, exclusively on Shutter. For more information, go to. MadGodMovie.com Bruce Berkey, your rating on the film.
2: I think this is going to be classic. I think this gets classic rating, So, five-star classic. I I can imagine watching this for the rest of my life, on and off, whenever I feel the need to watch it, I'll, I'll pop it in. I think it's a crying shame that this isn't going to get a wider release, though. This is a movie that would be really great to see on a big screen, yes. because surprising you don't think of stop motion being epic but there are some very epic things to see in this movie and to see them on a big screen would be really cool right Right. and hopefully i mean we we're going to be hopeful here the cream rises to the top with all the great word of mouth with
0: mad god hopefully this ushers in a whole new just i don't know i don't know stop motion animation is always going to be there but the fact that it's front and center with like bruce's uh class with this classic film that's not going to hurt its cause whatsoever i'm giving mad god I mean, for me, it's a solid three and a half. I'm giving Mad God a solid three and a half. For me, it's it's a solid recommend. I'm not not a big fan of stop motion animation, but I was just joking. For me, I mean, it's I'm, it's just so obvious. It's a five star film. <laughs> you can't give it three and a half stars. There is a barrier to entry, and the barrier to entry for Mad God is if you want really predictable movies and just a, a normal experience, don't watch Mad God. No, if you want watch to watch actually- Mad God expand your horizons (laughs) well you expand your yeah if you don't if you don't want to be imaginative do not see this movie this is a very very good movie five stars for me finally eric holmes your rating on mad god yeah shooting the shooting the same shirt
1: cannon that i shot it after blue this is another 6.9 star banger um I can see this movie like in, in probably 10, 20 years, there's going to be some local band metal band called damn dog, you know, mad God backwards or dog head. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to do the uh, Nosferatu thing where they play the movie, but they play music over it. Like this is this move. There's so many fun things you could do with this movie. Like in that kind of realm Do I, I could see people doing midnight movies of this for, you know, cosplay, yep, uh, cosplay. strange ass cosplay, but that, yeah this this is a movie that's uh a, a freaking masterpiece and with yeah it's it's gonna live on forever and i I could totally see like a rocky horror picture kind of following for this or maybe even a big Lebowski kind of falling for, for this
0: like people just going nuts for mad god Phil tippett said it himself I listened to the podcast with his interview his long interview with w with Mark Maron at the what the WTF podcast he was asked by Maron to describe his work and Tippett, especially with Mad God, this really, this actually really works with the whole tone of the film. He said his aesthetic is horror and whimsy. So if yeah. you think of horror and whimsy counterpoints, which is yeah, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of gory moments, horrific moments. It, just on the flip side, there is a little bit of whimsy behind it as well. I know that sounds perverse, but give it give, the, give yourself a shot. Give yourself a shot to see Mad God. So yeah, that that is great all 6.9 for for Eric, 5 for uh, 5 Star Classic for Bruce and 5 stars for me for Mad God. This is probably going to be one of my top 10 of the year easily. This is such a classic movie. I don't know what else to say about Mad God. Also, coming out this week or actually out right now on Netflix before we get to our recommendations is this Adam Sandler film called Hustle. And I don't know Bruce, do you have an Adam Sandler Blu-ray collection in your in your archives or is that eric Holmes? i don't know eric Holmes, bruce who, who's the adam sandler who, who's I the beginning drunk love oh, very good i like that how about you eric Com- uh, adam Get sandler the, collection uh, whatsoever
1: got the uh the Click. happy gilmore good mm-hmm, good you know uh wedding singer 51st dates very okay yeah we, we <laughs> got watching. a big daddy like got all of them
0: that's oh. my boy oh that, that's my boy by the way very underrated Yes. I'm not kidding. I'm not yes. kidding. It it is an underrated film. You know, it's weird. It's weird. I say that, but yeah. Little Nicky, Little Nicky, underrated as well. This subway's fucking
2: delicious.
0: Very, very good. Eric I Combs. have the Little
2: Nicky dog action figure that does shoot.
0: Oh, cool, cool. If
2: so yeah, you know what it shoots.
0: <laughs> you don't know what. Now, Hustle. Eric Holmes, are you going to be watching Hustle this week on Netflix when you have the chance? He plays a yes. basketball scout for the Philadelphia 76ers and. Yeah. What happens is he gets a job as an assistant coach with the Philadelphia 76ers. The problem is, and this is not a spoiler because uh, it happens within the first several minutes, the owner of the 76ers played by Robert Duvall, he passes away. And the job for the owner of the Sixers is taken over by this actor we all know and love played by Ben Foster. So it centers on, and Ben Foster actually has the Adam Sandler uh, character actually not become a coach. He tells him to go back. And become a scout again and the whole movie starts centers on how he actually finds a player out in spain um juan Juancho Hernán gomez and he's a real basketball player and it's about their relationship and it's not a comedy it's basically a drama with some comedic touches hustle is a fine film it's it's a four star rating for me i'm a huge NBA fan. As we speak right now, it's 538. We're recording. I'm trying to get under the gun because the Celtics are, you know, they're, they're going up against the golden state warriors. I'm a huge fan, just like Anderson's a huge hockey fan. the NBA is my jam, but I definitely would love to hear what you think next week on hustle. But for me, it's a definite solid recommend, especially if you're an Adam Sandler fan, do you think you're going to like it, Eric Holmes? It's it's basically basketball related. Do you think maybe you might.
1: Is it going to, is it going to, jerk some tears out of me because that watching the trailer that's kind of what i figured it was going to do and i was kind of excited about that
0: oh you see here's the thing maybe you might surprise me it might gain some look the only time i actually actually uh, almost cried oh i don't know did i cry no no i i almost got teary-eyed was at the towards the end of click i'm surprised i I really love that movie that
1: that was a good one
0: that was a very very good one no this one doesn't actually Tear at their heartstrings. Maybe it might. Who oh, knows? But I think right. I think my only barrier to entry is I'm such a basketball fan. It's one of these things. I feel like it's a biased review. Now yeah. for you, you're not it, a huge basketball well, fan, but you you love Sandler. So it, it's one of these things
1: yeah but also this looks like one of those uh like super melodrama type lifetime movies but with basketball and that's kind of what i was hoping right. it would be so if, if it's kind of if it scratches that itch
0: i'm cool with it i can guarantee bruce you watch a lot of movies i don't think hustle is going to be on your watch list this week is
2: it i'm considering watching it it's uh it might it might make it really yeah I think- andrew martin and i were kind of talking about it i'm kind of Telling him he needs to watch a certain movie, and he's telling me I need to watch that movie. So we might we might uh, duel it back and forth. I
1: suspect that this this has like all the uh, ingredients of being a three star banger for me.
0: Yeah, Where it's like
1: <laughs> a lot of people don't like it. I fucking love it. So yeah.
0: It might be one of those movies. It's a solid movie. It's a definitely solid movie. We'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Maybe next week we'll do a rewind regarding Hustle so we could talk a little bit more about this Netflix movie. My bet is actually Bruce Berkey does not see it because he's he actually has hit a, a sort of a little weird patch right now. He's been watching a lot of movies every single week. But for some reason, he just goes back and watches three-hour movies, the same movie time and time again. As far as your recommendation, Bruce, what do you got for us this week?
2: I don't know how to say it. R-R-R or triple R. I, I'll tell you how to
0: say it. Six-hour movie that Bruce Perky watched within the last 24 <laughs> hours. It's a long time. <laughs> it's it's true.
2: <laughs> I would. Uh, so first of all, well, it's directed by S.S. Rajamowli. Um, uh, (laughs) i had seen some kind of a little bit of buzz going around i seen a few people in the cinematics page kind of saying this is a cool movie and it's really fun and you should check it out and i was like it's a three-hour movie you know me i i'm not i'm not big on the long movies especially if it's like just you know it's another just silly superhero movie i don't know if i can do it three hours man forget it i know right and i was like well, okay I'll give it like 30 minutes or so and and see see if I like it or not and see if it's if it's fun and uh, you know it started out it kind of starts out with three three little segments that lead up to the opening credit like final credit coming across uh, it takes about 35 40 minutes to get there and it almost it's almost like uh, good bad the ugly right where you you meet some main characters you get some main storylines they all come together. And then the story gets going. And I was so sucked in in those first like 35, 40 minutes. Really? That I just. Okay. Oh, yeah. I just rolled with it. And this is one of those movies that now it's not like everything, everywhere, all at once. But in the sense of everything, everywhere, all at once, it packs so much entertainment into its runtime this movie is like that too. And the way I thought about this movie to describe to people why they should see this three-hour movie is it's the reverse of what most is mostly happening these days, right? So on all the streaming services, you're getting these miniseries, right? Nine episodes, 10 episodes. And we always are saying like, well, it's basically a three-hour movie like stretched out into nine hours. And if they could just yeah. condense that down, it would be a great three-hour movie. This is that. This is a nine-hour miniseries pushed into a three-hour movie, and it's so much fun. And it's got everything. Here's a little thing I wrote down just to help you out. This is like a romance, action, period piece, buddy drama, revenge, rescue, musical with dance fighting. It's got everything, and it does everything well. And it's just like everything's kind of cut up into segments. A perfect example, I don't love CGI in movies, right? this movie starts out with two big disclaimers. The first disclaimer is that they're not disrespecting any kind of people or religion or tribal people. They're just doing kind of a mashup and they're just using it for the purposes of the story. The second big disclaimer is that no animals were hurt in the making of this. They're all, and it says they are all CGI. And then it lists all the animals, snakes, oxen, tigers, blah, blah, blah. It lists like 10 animals. And you're like, okay. And in a way it's saying to you, guess what? These are going to all be CGI animals. We know this, that they're CGI animals. Just go with it. It's going to be okay. And then at the very core, it's a good story. It's a goddamn good story. And the characters are so freaking amazing. And there are a minimum of six absolutely jaw-dropping, amazing action spectacle set pieces in this movie that are just fun and awesome in every single way. And then, so what I did... I watched this movie. When I got to the end, I said to my son, my oldest son, Daniel, I said, I really want you to watch this movie. I think you might like it. And he's like, I don't know. I said, okay, I just finished the movie. I'll sit down and watch the first 30 minutes with you. If you don't like it, cool, you know, whatever, but give it a chance. He And we started watching it together and I ended up just watching the whole thing with him again, the whole movie and, in a row. And his reaction to the movie as well. What is he, loved it. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs>
0: This movie actually is dubbed, right? This version on in Netflix is not in its original language. I think it's Tamil or something like that. Yeah, so, I think was it's that a in Tamil.
2: It's in Hindi. Hindi. Right. But it's it so the You're weird fine. thing is, yeah, cuz it's like it's subtitles, right? Yeah. So, it's subtitles, but you also notice what they're saying doesn't match their lips and yep. you just kind of go with it and then there are Oh, this takes place in the 1920s, by the way, uh, when there's still British rule, and the British people are just straight-up bad guys all the way through, hateable bad guys, and you're rooting for them to have justice served to them, and things will happen. Uh, it This is just a great movie. It's so much fun. Yes. I would say to everybody, give it 35 minutes. If you don't like it, bail, but I think you're going to like it.
0: By the way, one of the actresses in this movie—I don't even know if she has a big role. Her name is Alia Bhatt. I saw one of her movies several weeks ago called *Gangubai Kathiawadi* or something like that, and that's also streaming on Netflix. I think that's a two and a half-hour film, and I love that movie as well. So I can't wait to actually watch *Rrr*. And by the way, also another th- cool thing is it stars Allison Duty. Allison Duty's in this as well, so that's a very cool Allison Duty from *Indiana Jones and the Last* crusade so from years ago So, and i also and see she has said.
2: a major role in this and the other dude uh the main british dude is ray the guy stevenson we just, yeah we just saw him in that what was that movie we just saw him in um, i forgot we've seen uh memory memory to see him in memory uh, maybe you saw him in memory i, I don't liam i never neeson saw that. wasn't liam neeson oh, right, 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 he, he, was a cop.
0: he was a cop in memory yeah 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 he was a cop i was gonna say something else about the cop he's, but i don't want to give he's too much the big there. bad in this movie My goodness, I almost forgot memory that we even covered that movie. My (laughs) goodness, no memory regarding memory. So that is, how. what is your rating on this Netflix film, RRR, Bruce? Five stars. Five stars. Oh my my goodness, we are really rolling out those cannons this week. As far as rolling out the cannons, I wonder if Eric Holmes is rolling out the cannons for Crimes of the Future. Eric Holmes, your recommendation of the week, is it worth watching?
1: Well, uh, let's start with, uh, which, which one should we start with?
0: Start with the one from nineteen
1: seventy. Okay, that one is an obnoxious, uh very bland movie, <laughs> and I would skip it. And I saw this on YouTube on YouTube. So there's a narrator through most of it, and every once in a while it'll cut to just a noise. So when Anton Rogue disappeared soon after he had himself contacted, the disease which bears his name, <laughs> and that's pretty much the entire movie. It's like narration obnoxious noise and I don't know if that's maybe a bad uh bad audio thing on YouTube, but it's very tough to get through. Uh visually it looked like early Cronenberg looked pretty decent, but yeah that one was rough to sit through. Um so then I saw the uh the new one, Crimes of the Future 2022, which is completely different story. Let's see what what can we say about this? Uh Vigo Mortensen is we should probably start uh Vigo Mortensen is a uh, his body can grow new organs, but they're not like uh, it's not like he cuts his organ out and a new one grows in its place. He grows like new organs, like they do things that people don't know what they do yet. And part of his, um, part of his, I guess his job, uh, he's a art a performance artist, and so him and his partner, he'll lay there, you know, he'll grow a new organ, and then uh, his partner will cut. Uh, surgically remove the organ from him and then everyone's like watching oh wow look at that that's that's so cool uh earlier in the movie there's a (laughs) there's a kid sitting at the uh the kid sitting kind of at the shore and the mom comes out and like, don't eat anything i don't care what it is and it's like you you know the kid was like poking at a thing you know kids like to put things in their mouths you know provided they're not in church but and anyway the kid goes inside and uh All of a sudden, like he's in the bathroom and he's just like eating the trash can, like a plastic trash can. And then that comes into play later on. I think that's as far as I want to go, as far as the plot goes, um, because anything else would be more like uh, uh, probably spoilers. Although I don't know how you can spoil this movie because it goes kind of nuts. This is kind of uh, David Cronenberg, um, kind of in existence territory and sometimes spider and so, if you're into that, I would definitely give this a shot. If you're not into that kind of area of Cronenberg, uh, I would probably lean away from this one. I just happen to like Exorcist's Spider, not so much, but I I really like Existens. and uh, this movie is just kind of uh, nutty. It, it feels like a really good B movie. Like you can read stuff into it if you want to, and the stuff is there. Like with the kid eating the plastic, the ideas that were. I think the idea is that we're evolving to, you know, plastics destroying the earth. And then eventually humans just evolve to eat plastic. So it was a way of like healing ourselves or something like that. And you can get stuff like that out of it. But I just like watching the, you know, I, I like watching this more on a superficial level, uh, you know, watching the uh, all the weird shitty like the guy with the uh, no mouth and all ears um, uh, dancing around. Um, he's, uh, whenever he eats, he's on this weird, like kind of high chair thing that (laughs) probably one of the silliest things I've ever seen on screen, but it's, it's pretty funny when he's like eating in that, I wish you could see me moving around because I'm moving around just like, him. just kind of, uh, Oh, food in my mouth. And then he sleeps in that, that bed that looks like a, like a carapace, like a beetle carapace. Like there, there's a bunch of really cool, weird shit going on. Um, and this is, I don't think this is my favorite Cronenberg movie, but this is definitely up there for me. It's uh yeah. If you like the XSNs, give this a shot. I'm very curious if Bruce is going to like it. I'm guessing not, but we'll see. Maybe it'll get a, maybe we'll get a two and a half stars, <laughs> three stars, maybe, or perhaps I'm just trying to
0: uh, lower expectations. So it comes out, and,
1: you know, but uh yeah, this is this is a fun movie, very weird, and I liked it a lot.
0: What is your rating on Crimes of the Future, Eric?
1: This one would probably be about four and a half.
0: Yeah, I love the yeah. movie as well. Crimes of the Future. Currently playing in theaters, written and directed by David Cronenberg, also starring Kristen Stewart. She's also in this as well. Very interesting movie. And Scott speedman so that is our recommendation round we are off peter beta has he has that merch with middle class film class hopefully he gets to buy new drumsticks because every single week what does he do eric what does pete do for us yo pete drop that beat who's in the box oh what's in the box you lie no what's in the fucking box All right. Now, finally, The Grand Illusion. Some say on IMDb, it's The Grand Illusion, or a lot of people just like saying Grand Illusion. Bruce, I'll let you choose how you're going to pronounce this.
2: Uh, Yeah, I saw the same thing. So it could be either one from what I can see. I think the movie poster I saw just said Grand Illusion. But once again, you see it both ways. There's tons of of trivia to go into on this movie. But we'll start with the basics. Uh, 1937, directed by Jean Renoir uh, starring, uh, Jean Gabin as Maréchal Eric von Stroheim, very, very famous, uh, what, uh, Director. Uh, yeah. Director, but also Sunset Boulevard. In, yeah. Sunset Boulevard. That's what i say. And he's, he's very uh, charismatic. This as well. There's a bunch of other great characters as well. I believe this is Criterion Spine number one. I think this is the first Criterion release. I could be wrong, but I thought I read that somewhere.
0: If you try um, to buy it right now, I checked, it costs $72 because it is out of print.
2: Yeah. So this this movie, though, is available. You can find it in quite a few different places. You can find it on Criter- Criterion channel. Um, there are different versions as well because it's so old. You can find different versions of it. I found a version on archive.org, which has a lot of old movies. And uh, it was a pretty good quality version of it on there as well uh, with the American subtitles. Once, once again, I was immediately surprised when I started watching this movie – that it wasn't this incredibly artsy thing. This is actually a super grounded movie and it wasn't what I expected it to be. So what's the basic concept? It's World War One. This is filmed between the wars, but it, the, the movie is about World War One. And immediately you get some characters that are officers and they have been shot down and they have been captured by the Germans and they're in a German uh, prison camp for uh, officers. And right out of the gate, you're in a prison camp movie. You're in a prisoner of war movie. And I don't know what, uh, I think Greg, you said you watched this. I, I don't know what you thought, but immediately I was like, oh my God, the great escape took a bunch of shit from this movie. Mm. Um, right out of the gate though, you're in, it's interesting because what this movie Pop does- Copy and paste. Yeah. What this movie does, it's very different. Uh, is right out of the gate, you're seeing that the it's showing this concept where uh, you have this very mannered, uh, relationship between the Germans and the French and the other people in the camp, there's this artifice of this friendliness. Hey, we're going to let you have you know, your food that you want. We're going to let your packages come through. We're going to let you do all these things. But the minute they get away from that, there's always the threat that they will be killed or that something bad will happen. And this is kind of several movies in one. I won't go through all the plot changes, but let's just say the location that they are in changes. And there are several major plot developments as we follow three or four main uh, characters and their journey as prisoners and kind of how they are affected by it. And it also really gets into the role of, well, Grand Illusion, right? Is It's all about like, is this society really just a veneer? This, like this um, honor and this, all these things that we pretend to have, is that just really a veneer? And underneath it all, is there really some brutality there you don't know about? And this is also seen as a very forward-thinking movie because it predicts some things about the the future Nazis. When this was filmed, the Nazis weren't really quite what they were going to become. But this predicts some things, especially in their attitude towards certain races and Jewish people and all this kind of stuff and how they would give a different level to that. Uh, It's this is quite an excellent movie, I think. This is pretty profound, really rewatchable, I believe. Very different for war movies of the time. It's 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 kind of it's highly entertaining, but also there's just kind of an underlaying level of realistic kind of sadness to this movie in a lot of ways and, and bittersweet element to it. And I love the way that they present the difference between the the officers and the um German army and the French army and various other army uh, levels that are here too. Oh, and last, there was something really interesting, a couple different things that I discovered, and then I'll see what Greg thinks. One thing is, at certain points in the movie, they talk in English. And I was thinking to myself, why aren't they talking in English? I mean, there's French, there's German, there's all lot of different languages. And all of a sudden, these French and German people are talking in English. The reasoning was, there's a point where a main character that's German and a main character that's French talk to each other in English. And the reason is they were doing that because only officers would know other languages and they didn't want the the people around them to know what they were saying to each other. And I thought that was amazing. I did not know that. And the last thing is apparently this movie and this director were on the most wanted for the Nazis. And when the Nazis came into France, one of the first things they did was to confiscate the prints of this movie. And to take them away. And it was thought to have been lost forever. And it was rediscovered fairly recently, a a really good print of it. And that's why we have this now. That's amazing trivia, Bruce. Good job on that. Directed by Jean Renoir. Renoir is also the, the co
0: writer of Grand Illusion or The Grand Illusion. Here's a barrier to entry regarding this regarding me. I saw this when I was a kid, maybe on VHS. And I thought, oh man, this movie is totally overrated. Now at 50, totally different movie for me couple things that it does as far as the history of cinema, prison break, prison escape films, probably not in abundance in the year 1937, probably a pretty, the granddaddy, grandmama of its time. And years later with The Great Escape and of course Escape from Al- Alcatraz, this is sort of the granddaddy of them all as far as prison break movies. Now, there are, yeah, there are a lot of themes with Grand Illusion. You can, like Eric says, with the Cronenberg film Crimes of the Future, you can just watch it on a superficial level as a prison film. As far as will they escape? Will they be killed? Yeah. Where are they going? If they escape, where are they going to go? Are they going to be caught, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So on a completely service level, like Bruce was saying, it's highly entertaining. The the banter among the yep. POWs is great. The a, a conversation between Eric von Stroheim and the French official played by let me look at him right now, Pierre Fresnay, excellent performances by both of them. Towards the latter part of the movie, you get to see their interplay on how the the duties of an officer and how sometimes that cannot be they may be at a disadvantage over the common soldier whether that common yep. soldier be German or French or American or whatever so it really is like Bruce was saying a very layered film and I was always wondering why Grand Illusion was so beloved maybe I was thinking maybe because it's it was of its time well like Bruce was saying it's not just of its time it's very it's a very good movie today. So this is yeah. a movie. And by the way, the reason why Bruce got the Grand Illusion or Grand Illusion was because of what podcast were you listening to, Bruce? That, that uh,
2: Force 5. They were doing top five war movies.
0: Top five war movies. at Force 5 movie podcast hosted by Jason Kleberg. Very, very, really cool podcast. But I, I was surprised at how much I loved Grand Illusion. I think I, for me, this is like, I completely agree with you, Bruce. I could see this movie over and over again for the dialogue. Just, oh, there's, there's a... Very hilarious, entertaining sequence regarding just vaudeville that yep. I think is worth watching. Also, there are some visual standout moments, cinematic moments, oh, yeah. where the the frame stops for a certain reason and you realize we're, that's a bittersweet moment and that is a heartbreaking moment as well. So there are so many things to take out. This is a great war film. This is a great film. This is a and classic. Bruce, yes.
2: Without mentioning it, will we both agree there's a final act in this movie that is surprising and. You wouldn't probably see it in a lot of movies, and the final act in this movie really adds such emotion and depth to this movie that it wouldn't otherwise have.
0: Hundred, a hundred percent. They go, look, all, yes, knockout ending, yeah. and this movie goes in certain places that you don't even. I mean, it goes off the track a couple of times, and you're thinking, "This is weird." I, I wouldn't be surprised if Quentin Tarantino, when he was a kid watched this movie and was inspired. And he did something like *Inglorious Bastards*. And he realized, oh, I could take a, a movie this time, you know, set in World War II and just have it go different places. This movie goes different places. This is really a movie that is worth watching all across the board. This is a must-see for cinephiles. Bruce, you're rating on Grand Illusion.
2: I mean, we're doing it all night tonight, right? This is yeah. a five-star classic. I mean, it's a classic. People already know it's a classic. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But sometimes you see classics and you're like, okay, but it doesn't really work for you anymore. This movie works.
0: Yeah. No. A five-star cla- five classic for me, too. Five stars. Sometimes you'll say five-star classic. And then not one, I mean, let's, let's face it. How many times have we honestly seen Citizen Kane? I loved Orson Welles. I've maybe seen it twice. I could see this movie five, six times. I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, it's highly rewatchable. Eric Holmes would definitely love Grand Illusion if he saw oh, yeah. it. Um, that's it. Final thoughts, Eric Holmes, your thoughts. Any any final comments before we go?
1: Uh, real quick, uh, Bill Burr presents Friends Who Kill is on Netflix. It's not a complete Bill Burr special. It's him for 10 minutes and then some of his friends come in. So it's more of a variety show. And also a tree, this is a tree saw the entire forest be torn down. Was grieving very, very, very badly. Most would call that tree "morning wood." See, we're hilarious on this show. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, joke
0: morning! Kills yes, all the time. That, that is amazing. Final joke, and of course, I forgot the what's in the box. What's in the box for for next week, Bruce burkey
2: I'm opening it up as we speak. Let's see what it is. <laughs> oh. what's in the
0: bleeping box.
2: Well, look at this. I think I've seen parts of this movie, hey, but I've hey, never actually hey, watched the, the actual movie. And that is the Legend of Billie Jean. Yes, yes, who? Yes, who, yes. Who did that? Did you just put that there Here, just for the? Heck I think bit. that's one of the ones I just put in there. Yeah.
0: The Legend of B- Billie Jean. Who's the lead actor? What's What's uh, the lead? Helen name? Slater. Helen Slater, yeah.
2: Slater. Not related.
0: Okay. And
1: Yardley Smith is in it too.
0: Yeardley Smith. Very yeah, very Oh Lisa yeah. Simpson. Very cool. Very cool. Legend and Billie Jean. Who knows? Maybe you might join next week for that one, Eric Holmes. Uh, I've might... seen this movie a, bunch. a billion <laughs> times. Okay. All right. Final words from Bruce Perky.
2: Uh, I got to get my guitar out for this. Uh oh. <sighs> see if I can do this. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> Everyone, please go see dinner in America.
2: Oh, you going to... What? Everybody go and watch Mad God. <laughs> Everybody go and watch After Blue. R, 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 Grand Illusion. There you go. That's all I got.
0: And Dinner in America. We'll see you guys next week here on Find Your Film. Very good strumming, Bruce Berkey. We'll see you guys.